So we're going to see sanctions cases that start to look like FCPA settlements where you would have, let's say, the SEC and the analogous side here would be either BIS, the Bureau of Industry and Security, or the Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, as the civil enforcement agency. And DOJ would become then the criminal enforcement. And you'll see corporate resolutions then at DOJ, which will drive sort of the settlement process in terms of this becoming sort of a major cash cow for the Department of Justice, but also a major area of risk for companies and to make sure that sanctions and export control compliance is buttoned up and a high priority to every company. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkov. Hello, this is Michael Volkoff. This is another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And today we're going to talk about a joint comprehensive notice. It's a fancy title, but basically the Justice Department, Commerce Department, and Treasury Departments issued a comprehensive tri-party statement with regard to voluntary disclosure guidelines for sanctions and export control violations. Now, this is another significant step in what I call the sort of ramping up of sanctions and export control enforcement. And ultimately, it's going to look a lot like the FCPA. And we go back to sort of the comments made by DOJ, Lisa Monaco, where she called sanctions enforcement the new FCPA. And remember, some of the background on this issue is it's not just about enforcing the sanctions against Russia. But basically, the Justice Department and the National Security Division are ramping up a corporate prosecution program and have allocated 25 prosecutors to prosecute now corporations for sanctions compliance violations. So we're going to see sanctions cases that start to look like FCPA settlements where you would have, let's say, the SEC and the analogous side here would be either BIS, the Bureau of Industry and Security, or the Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, as the civil enforcement agency, and DOJ would become then the criminal enforcement. And you'll see corporate resolutions then at DOJ, which will drive sort of the settlement process in terms of this becoming sort of a major cash cow for the Department of Justice, but also a major area of risk for companies and to make sure that sanctions and export control compliance is buttoned up and a high priority to every company. So the JCN or the voluntary disclosure policy, which has been jointly issued by all three agencies is another important step in this process for understanding what your alternatives are with regard to voluntary disclosure, how it's going to operate. We've seen some cases in the past which reflect this from DOJ, and obviously BIS and OFAC have had a very robust voluntary disclosure program that's operated for years. So companies 
like I said, are about to face an aggressive coordinated prosecutions for sanctions and export control violations. The last piece in launching this new effort was this announcement of the JCN, and it urges companies, and I would urge you to read the documents we'll have in the show notes, the link to it. It urges companies to disclose potential offenses and emphasize the importance of companies implementing robust, that's the word they use, compliance programs. In one document, basically, are all three voluntary disclosure policies set out. And this is meant to be sort of a way for people to have in one place and understand how these three programs will interact. First, the JCN mandates that companies promptly disclose and remediate after discovery of potential violations. The JCN emphasized the importance of prompt disclosures in situations particularly that may implicate national security issues. And we've seen some of those cases where, for example, BIS ultimately in the Justice Department recovered illegally exported items in the Ukraine-Russia battlefield. And that was certainly the type of case that they're talking about. As to the department, the JCN noted that DOJ generally will not seek prosecution and a fine in cases where a company discloses a violation, cooperates with the government, and remediates unless there are other aggravating factors. You'll recognize these from the corporate enforcement policy, such as pervasive criminal conduct within the company, efforts by upper management to hide the violations, a pattern of repeated violations, and illegally exported items that are particularly sensitive or to end users of heightened concern, and if the company earns significant profit from the violations. DOJ noted that a prompt voluntary self-disclosure provides a means for a company to reduce and in some cases avoid altogether the potential for criminal liability. Moving forward, where a company voluntarily self-discloses potentially criminal violations, fully cooperates, and timely and appropriately remediates the violations, NSD generally will not seek a guilty plea, and there will be a presumption that the company will receive a non-prosecution agreement or deferred prosecution agreement and will not pay a fine. Now, DOJ explained that its voluntary disclosure policy does not apply to corporate disclosures that are just given to the regulatory agencies. To qualify, companies have to include DOJ in its disclosure. Now, the JCN noted that self-disclosing potential violations can provide significant mitigation of civil or criminal liability, the extent of which depends on the agency, but may extend so far as, like we said, a non-prosecution, deferred prosecution, or a reduction of 50% in the base penalty amount for civil or criminal penalties. Now, full cooperation means, among other things, timely preservation and collection of relevant documents and information, including concurrent authentication of records under Federal Rule of Evidence uh, 902 and or 803, deconfliction of witness interviews, and other investigative steps that a company intends to take as part of its own internal investigation, and timely identification of opportunities for further investigation by DOJ, meaning proactive measures that could be used. To receive the benefits from disclosures, company must also timely and appropriately remediate any violations. As part of its analysis, DOJ will consider whether a company has implemented an effective 
and sufficiently resourced compliance and ethics program. Notice that emphasis on sufficiently resourced compliance and ethics program. NSD also now examines whether a disclosing company has imposed appropriate disciplinary measures, including compensation clawbacks for employees who directly participated in or had oversight and or supervisory authority over the area where the criminal conduct occurred. Now, the JCN also pointed to recent BIS talking about now the commerce and export control violations and voluntary disclosures. They also pointed to recent BIS updates to its disclosure and enforcement policies, including plans to increase penalties on companies that fail to disclose a significant potential violation. Also, the JCN noted that BIS will consider, quote, the existence, nature, and adequacy of a company's compliance program, including its success at self-identifying and rectifying compliance gaps, close quote, when resolving their case. So this is another issue that will be taken into account. In other words, for the compliance program, how good it was in terms of identifying and then remediating the potential problem. A disclosure that is timely and comprehensive and involves full cooperation substantially reduces the applicable civil penalty under BIS settlement guidelines. Now, last June, the Office of Export Enforcement at the Department of Commerce, and it's called OEE, implemented a dual-track system to handle voluntary self-disclosures involving minor or technical infractions, which are now resolved on a fast-track basis with the issuance of a warning or no-action letter within 60 days of final submission. So there's a set of BIS regulations. They can get very technical. The EAR is what's called the Export Administration Regulations. And people often will do voluntary disclosures, even when, for example, they have a license and they may not have complied with it fully, or it's a technical type of violation. They may then seek a voluntary disclosure in general. And these are sort of fast-track voluntary disclosures that don't involve significant violations. So for those voluntary self-disclosures that indicate potentially more serious violations, we will do a deeper dive to determine whether enforcement action may be warranted, while at the same time adhering to the principle that companies deserve and will get significant credit for coming forward voluntarily. On April 18, 2023, the Assistant Secretary for Export Enforcement issued a memorandum regarding the BIS policy on voluntary self-disclosures and disclosures concerning others, the memorandum clarifies the risk calculus on disclosures. First, a deliberate non-disclosure of a significant possible violation of the year will be considered an aggravating factor under BIS penalty guidelines. And second, if an entity becomes aware that another party is potentially violating the year and submits a tip to OEE, OEE will consider that a mitigating factor under the penalty guidelines if the information leads to an enforcement action and if the disclosing entity faces an enforcement action, even if it's unrelated in the future. Additionally, the JCN noted that as to BIS disclosures, companies cannot sidestep the should we voluntarily self-disclose or not decision by self-blinding and choosing not to do an internal investigation in the first place. The existence, nature, and adequacy of a company's compliance program, including its success at self-identifying and rectifying compliance gaps, is itself considered a factor under settlement guidelines. 
OFAC similarly encourages voluntary disclosures of a parent's sanctions violations. As set forth in its enforcement guidelines, OFAC considers voluntary self-disclosure to be a mitigating factor when determining appropriate enforcement action to take in response to a particular case. Additionally, in cases where a civil monetary penalty is warranted, a qualifying voluntary disclosure can result in a 50% reduction in the base amount of a proposed civil penalty. Now, disclosures to OFAC will not qualify as a voluntary disclosure when a third party, and usually this is a financial institution which blocks a transaction, is required to and does notify OFAC of the violation because the transaction was blocked or rejected by that third party. Now, it also will not qualify if the disclosure includes false or misleading information, or if it's not self-initiated, or the disclosure is materially incomplete. So take a look at the JCN. It's an important document. Again, this really sort of covers the whole program in terms of how you're supposed to handle a sanctions or export control violation, particularly if you're a global company with operations. You're now going to be looking at some real serious risks with the Department of Justice, and we can expect to see those types of cases being brought relatively soon. I expect they're in the pipeline right now. Anyways, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week with another episode of Crime and Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com.